We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in and welcome in. It is Tuesday evening, the 22nd of August, and it's time for an episode of Building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always on these Tuesday evening shows, Carl Dummler. Carl, how are you doing? Is it as hot where you are as the temperature is, uh, the, the heat dome is suggesting? It's getting up there. I oh. like my office is just right across the street from my house. Mm-hmm. And so that's all I've got to walk, thankfully. But even that little walk, I'm already sweating and had to sit in some AC. And, you know, I, I turn off my AC for the show and I'm like, yeah. please don't get too much hotter. Are you below 90 in your room oh. today? It's chilly here now. I'm back in the basement, okay. uh, which is good too. Nice and cool down here. So yeah, no, we're, I think we're hopefully through the, uh, the end of the big heat out here in Seattle, but uh, we need, we need the rain to come uh, now because we are being choked out with wildfire smoke, but uh, hopefully that'll come here soon enough. Fall always comes. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, thinking of everybody dealing with everything going on weather-wise right now in the Midwest with the unprecedented uh, heat dome across that area. I mean, heat index up like 130, 140. It's going to be, it's just a crazy, uh, crazy, crazy week. But uh, let's say hello to some people coming in because I can really see some super chats starting to pile up here. 999, Troy Bauer. Troy always come to the 999. We really do appreciate that, Troy. Thank you so much for being a consistent contributor and supporter to the show. It really, really means a lot. Uh, it says, hey guys, will there be any updates from practice with the Rams or is it closed off? Glad so many are back at practice today. Have a great show. Well, you're definitely helping us start it off. Um, having a great show with 999 there. Uh, it's closed off for fans, but media is going to be there. So we're going to hear some stuff. I am curious to see how much control Sean Payton and the Broncos have over what the media puts out there, because we have heard from people covering the Broncos in the Valley, like how quiet they need to be about what's going on. But I don't think the same rules are going to apply to the Rams media. I don't know if the Broncos can dictate what the Rams media is allowed to put out there. So they are coming to Denver. Maybe they do have a little bit of power over what's shown and whatnot. Uh, but I'm curious to see uh, what all gets out over these next 48 hours of practice or the next two days. Yeah. If you have some Rams fans that know the good media, football media, you might be wanting to ask them and get back to us so we could be following them on Twitter and, and just see how much of a difference they get to put out there compared to the, the Bronco media. Uh, Cause you're right. I mean, he, he can control them. I'm not sure he can control the Rams, especially LA media. They're going to look at Sean Payton and go, you know, just go to your little corner. Like, just go be quiet. We're going to do you what we're going to do. are not as pretty as Sean McVay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Broncos media will probably be vicariously uh, retweeting and liking uh, these other L.A. people because, you know, there's some little they, they know each other uh, somewhat. So I think if you're following the Denver people still the boots on the ground there, then you'll be able to follow them. But it's going to be two days at the Rams and uh, Aaron Donald is going to be at home waiting the uh, – birth of his child with his wife there so expected any day so congrats to them uh but should be interesting we'll learn a lot about the broncos uh from these combined practices carl this might be an odd take or something that you know maybe many people wouldn't agree with but i actually think these combined practices are you get more information from them and they are even more valuable uh than preseason games just because of the controlled uh, environment you're actually getting those ones going against each other you know all out where you're just kind of some vanilla defenses and whatnot in in uh preseason and what do you agree? Is that am I totally out of right field on that one? 
No, I, I think it's it's good for a few reasons. Um, like I said, I think you can put them in some controlled situations and just see how each side would handle it, where you're actually probably trying to work on some real play calling. Hmm. You know, if you get into a two-minute defense or a two-minute offense, and, okay, let's call something that we're really going to call in a game, see if this actually works against an opposing team. You know, I, I think those are kind of things you can really do well with. I think it also just does well to show you as a coaching staff, like, where's your team at? Yeah. Like, if we're whooping up on this team, like, okay, we're in a good place. I, I've the last few training camps that the, the Broncos went against some different teams. I remember like the 49ers one year were just whooping up on the Broncos real bad. I mean, like, the, the Denver media was just trying to find anything good to say. And then the 49ers went to the Super Bowl that year. So I think it was a decent litmus test of where these two teams are at. Yeah. And then you had last year with the Broncos beaten up on the Cowboys and then we kind of saw where they went. So it's still, you know, it is uh, not real football just yet, but uh, we should be able to learn a little bit. And, you know, last season was such a weird uh, season that maybe we can just write that one off yeah. with the whole <laughs> everything going on there. David Nickelrath coming in $10. Thank you so much, uh, Papa Bear. We appreciate that, man. That's really, really kind of you. Uh, he says, good evening, Broncos country, Nick, Carl, Dylan and Deacon Scott. I'm excited for the season. He's saying 12 and six, Buckham, 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 MHH for life and Denver Broncos for life. 12 and six. I mean, that would be incredible right now. And not to be too cliche, but I'm just more uh, concerned about being one and oh from there. I mean, we had Broncos haven't beaten the Raiders in a long time. Josh Jacobs sounds like he's going to be back. Let's just start one and oh, man. That's (laughs) that'd be that'd be incredible. Get us off on the right foot. And if. I mean, you never want to say the week one game is a must win game, but like if you expect to do anything this season, you have to be beating the incompetent uh, Raiders and the Broncos have not been that team over the last two, three, four seasons. Now, Josh Jacobs did take on that rumor and said that is not something he has said. Hmm. He does not say that he's going to be back for week one. But he did and... not deny it too, right? He didn't say like, I no, won't be he, back. he said, I've never said this, that I'm going to be back week one. And then he deleted the that. tweet later. Oh. Because it was making such a controversial thing. But then you got Chris Jones today yeah. saying they were asking when he's going to come back. And he said week eight. That's the Broncos pretty, game. Yeah. But still, like, I'm guessing even if he did come back week eight, it's probably going to be more of a, a part time role. They're not going to mm-hmm. like just slam him into a game and say, hey, I know you've been sitting for the last six months. Good luck out there at full, full go kind of thing. So, um, if that's the case, that's a huge, huge advantage for the Broncos. Uh, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, the Broncos not having to play against Donald against this week. Chris Jones, you could argue, had a better season than Donald last year. Oh, yeah. I mean, and so, yeah, I mean, to have that kind of impact player gone, I mean, you could, I would say for the Chiefs, he's probably your third most impactful player on that team. You got Kelsey, you got. Their quarterback, Mahomes, of course, I would say he's that next guy. I, you, I might argue he's second, uh, just because I think Mahomes is going to keep trucking along. I mean, we That's already true. saw, oh, man, they're going to lose Tyreek Hill. Didn't, they only went from, I think they actually were more efficient uh, last season than they were the year prior with Hill there. So, I mean, not yeah. to take away from Kelsey, but it's, it's Mahomes. And after that, I mean, I, I might take Chris Jones, but you know, Dating back to his days with uh, Mississippi State, I was a very big, very, very big uh, Chris Jones fan. It broke my heart when the Broncos did not take him. Uh, Jasmine coming in here with 999. Jasmine, I think you're rocking a new picture there. If this is the same, yeah. Uh, Jasmine, good to see you coming in here. Good. And it's the Hippos thumbs up super sticker. Uh, so says Scott in the back. So thank you so much, Jasmine. We appreciate you. Hope you're doing well. And uh, yeah, really just uh, thank you so much for supporting the show and uh, Maha Huddle uh, all around. Also talking about support, Michael Ronquillo. Good evening, Nick and Carl on Building the Broncos. Go Broncos and Buckham. Good to see you, Michael. Michael likes to open and close shows, so good to see you in here uh, as we started off here. Howie freaking day. Good evening, gentlemen. Go Broncos. Cutdowns are coming. Do you all have a solid mock roster? Not yet. Uh, I think maybe there'll be some chance for that. I don't know if Carl and I will get a chance to go through with a solid mock roster, but I guarantee you there will be at least two MH8 shows uh, where they're going to go through and give out a 53. So it's yeah. uh, coming. Is it, is it a week from today? Is it Tuesday when they have to be down to that? It, it might be. I'm, I'm trying to remember. Is it August 30th? I think. Okay, so I that'd think be Wednesday of next week. So maybe okay. we will get to do a little, little show. I, I can't quite remember. I think I saw that date earlier. Uh, yeah. We will be talking though about some guys that really need to have a big week at this, this final third mm-hmm. preseason game. Uh, I, I think, 
about those final five, six, seven spots on this roster still very much up in the air of where the Broncos are going to go right now. And probably some of those five, six, seven spots are going to go with guys who are not here. Uh, so going to be interesting to watch. Phil McLaughlin coming in here. Phil's always also supporting the show says evening, Nick Carl and Deacon Scott. Did I read right that uh, Jalen Virgil? I almost said Virgil green. Uh, Jalen Virgil is out <laughs> for the season. I thought it was four to six weeks. Buckham and go Broncos four to six weeks was the uh, determination uh, that I think from Troy rank out there. I mean, it was a meniscus surgery. So that was what we were going with. Uh, but the Broncos, instead of having to keep him on the 53 and then put him on a short-term IR, or instead of waiving him and putting him, uh, subjecting him through waivers and losing him, Broncos put him on the IR. And because of the rules of when he was placed in the R and what he's done in preseason and training camp and whatnot, he goes to the season-long injured reserve list. So tough break uh, for Jalen Virgil. Uh, he's probably going to have a shot again next year. This is a guarantee, though he's getting paid um, from the Broncos. He's getting that money. And uh, he's going to be on the roster to to start next offseason. So he's going to get a shot again. A lot of good things from him. Uh, Broncos, it's almost like protecting him for a year. If the Broncos were deeper at wide receiver, I'd be like, oh, this is great. We already had too many guys here. Now we're just punting him for a year and we get to control the rights. But the Broncos right now are pretty darn thin at wide receiver. So yeah. a little bit head scratching. It probably just comes down to a numbers game where they thought that they needed that roster spot, not subjecting the guy through potentially waivers or cutting them. Uh, instead of uh, keeping Virgil Green or Virgil Green, I did it, Jalen Virgil on the <laughs> roster. That's a blast from the past. But no, I there is another thing that they can do that's it's risky, and they did this last year with Brandon Johnson, where they put him on IR, then they cut him with an injury settlement, and then later on brought him back. Now it puts him on waivers, so any team can claim him after the injury injury settlement. And that's why you don't usually see that happen very often, but it is a real possibility that he could come back. I guess I, I don't see it happening. I see them just leaving him on IR saying we need, we're going to need some wide receivers next year. You know, yeah. probably at least one of Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, one of them's probably gone. Jerry Judy, you're going to have to be starting to making some real decisions on him and what you're going to do. Um, you know, KJ Hamler, I don't know what's all going to happen with him moving forward. So your whole wide receiver room is going to be pretty different next year compared to what you're seeing this season. And that's why, again, I think you leave him on IR and hopefully he can be something for you next year. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Thank you. I appreciate that so much, Phil. We got Jasmine. Oh, first, sorry, Scott, go ahead. We got Gary Palmer. Hi, Nick, Carl, Dylan, and Scott. Go Broncos and Buckham. Thank you so much, Gary. We appreciate you. Always good to see Gary. And I wanted to get Jasmine in here as well since she gave a super sticker, but without with the super sticker, it's hard to get the comment in. So this is a carryover um, from the uh, sticker before. It says, still not satisfied at the back of quarterbacks. Red flag for me. Thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I mean, both back of quarterbacks, you have questions about. I think that they are significantly better uh, than what we've had had last season where it was Brett Rippon back there. I think Danucci is even better than Brett Rippon. So you're deeper there 
two and three than you were even two. Uh, they're probably in the Drew Locke category, but with less long-term upside. I think Stidham is actually pretty close to that uh, Drew Locke category for me as a backup. Uh, but uh, that's, it's not, I don't think you have a long-term successor for Wilson in this room right now. But if you had to get through, you know, two or three games, I think you'd be okay there, especially with this is going to be a more run-oriented team. Uh, but there's a reason Wilson is the starter and the other two are not. Yeah, I, I was really hoping Danucci, after having a pretty decent preseason game one, yeah, I was kind of hoping, okay, maybe this will be the time he emerges and shows he's that next guy. And then he did that skip pass <laughs> to a wide receiver that was wide open. And I was like, man, in the NFL, you can't have it look that bad where it's bouncing five yards in front of the receiver like that. I know he was scrambling to his left, and that's not the easiest throw by any means, but still, to to miss it that bad just made me go, okay, yeah, there's a reason that he's third string right now. You know, I'd still probably have Stidham ahead of him. Uh, you know, Stidham had a couple almost pick sixes this last week, but he also had some nicer throws, had a little bit more time in the pocket. And, and like I said, he, this offense is not going to be – completely quarterback centric. You know, it's not all about what the quarterback can do. It's very much going to lean into that run game. And if you need to survive a game or two, it's not the best scenario by any means. I mean, you you better be really hoping Russell Wilson can stay healthy. If you really want to see this team be something this season, but like I said, if it's a game or two, I could be okay with Stidham. Yeah. I long-term the long-term quarterbacks, not on the team, unless you think Wilson uh, can really turn it around and be good for, you know, the next three to five years, but uh, we'll see uh, how it plays out. Eclipse Stormborn coming in here saying happy Monday builders eclipse. If it's Monday, you're I'm in the wrong place. So <laughs> happy Tuesday to everybody out there. Happy Tuesday to you eclipse uh, saying just checking in to say hi and love uh, from peace and love from Philly. Will you guys be at the MHH meet and greet week seven Denver Broncos for life? I will be there. The tickets are bought uh, for the flight. I need to still get the tickets to the game uh, just yet, but I'm going to be there uh, with my wife and maybe some of my family as well. So yes, we'll be at the MHH greet. Uh, it will be fun to see a lot of the the folks in the community and a lot of the writers too. I mean, the only one I've actually met in the flesh is uh, Lance, who I stopped by Wyoming when I was driving from Iowa to Seattle on that move. So uh, it should be a lot of fun. And uh, some adult beverages, I'm sure, will be consumed uh, during <laughs> during that weekend. Just a few. No, mm-hmm. I I'm not 100 percent sure yet. Mm-hmm. I had a a friend call me last couple of weeks asking if I'd be willing to do their wedding the weekend before that. And so I I got to figure out some work things. I'm still hoping that I can make it though. I'm I'm trying to make it work because I really want to be there. It'd be nice to finally meet you actually face to face. You know, yeah. we've had a few times we were close to making something work. And it just hasn't happened. So, you know, how many, what are we at? Six years? Seven years, I think. Seven years? Yeah. yeah we we got to make that happen. Yeah. He keeps avoiding me. He doesn't want to come out and backpack with me. I think he's afraid. I'm going to stick a bear on him or something. <laughs> Kevin Gray, evening, Nick, Carl, and Scott. My last salute. Good to see you. Uh, Donald Wilson coming in here saying, why pick up Josh Hammond's 4.53 speed? His hands are just available. I think. It's another guy in there you can get some work in maybe. Uh, and at this point in the offseason, if the Broncos, I think, were super, if he had a great chance of making the team, he probably would have already been picked up by somebody. So I think it's more so just to have another wide receiver in there that can take reps and somebody that you're at least curious about, maybe get some work in, maybe somebody that you can pick up with a futures contract later. Uh, but I am not uh, too uh, concerned or have m- many thoughts on Josh Hammonds, who was signed from the XFL. Uh, God, I don't remember what team he was signed from. Um, it was the, it was not the Battle Hawks. I don't recall. But Josh Hammonds, uh, Broncos signed him today. Which team is Atlanta? I don't think it was Atlanta. I don't know. Somebody in the chat's probably going to get it in two seconds. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not. I don't think we need to think too much about Hammonds. Right. Um, somebody else in this roster will uh, hopefully step up because you have a number of other wide receivers who've been here for a bit, uh, making plays. I mean, Montreal Washington's here. Little Jordan Humphrey, uh, Nick Williams, Taylor Grimes. Uh, you have Marquez Calloway. I mean, all those guys, I think, are definitely above uh, Hammond at this point. Much more to like it. Uh, make the roster. My guess. What's up, Carl, Nick, Scott, and Bronco, Dylan, and Broncos country? Good to see you, Mike. Always good to hear from you. See David Youngkins in the house. Said uh, Stidham might play the first half and Danucci plays the second. Yeah, going to be curious. And well, we're going to get into this uh, third preseason game and the Rams, Rams stuff as well. But do want to say hello to everybody coming in here. Uh, we have Jack coming in saying it's supposed to be 100 in Illinois tomorrow and Thursday. 
Jack, where are you at in Illinois? I'm, uh, I was on uh, the Quad Cities out there for a long time on the uh, the Mississippi River. So I know that area pretty good. So I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, Phil says, Nick, I know you're going to the meet and greet, but please tell me you're not going to the game. Yeah, probably going to the game, Phil. Uh, but uh, hey, you know, I'm not a superstitious person. Unless somebody wants to buy me out to not go to the game. You know, if we're <laughs> talking like, you know, $10,000 or something, then we're, then we're talking. But I'd love to go to the game. And I think, you know, eventually... Uh, I'm going to have to see a Broncos win in person. I did. I do think I saw them win in a preseason game when I was like four years old or something. I don't know if that counts, uh, but uh, that, that would be great. Maybe they lost that too. I don't even remember. I just remember there was a yeah. picture of me with the Budweiser girls and I didn't like it. Cause I didn't like girls yet. I was like four years old. <laughs> and then my cousin teased me with that, but uh, yeah, uh, I'll be there and we got to get Carl there too. We got to bully him enough to get him in there. Yeah. I, I do know this is kind of just a random fact, but the last time the Ravens lost a preseason game, you know what year it was? 2015. 2015. Broncos won the Super Bowl. So we're gonna do it, baby. It's happening. That's right. Again. Greg Smith in the house. Good to see you, Greg. Appreciate you coming in. Uh, we also got, of course, little chips coming in. So McLaughlin should be running back three. Uh, let's let's start to get in this a little bit. McLaughlin, uh, a guy that I am that we've all been really enjoying in preseason so far. Is he even? worthy of being listed in this uh six players entering the biggest game of their careers or do you think he's already cemented himself you know bright him and sharpie he's making this team as long as he stays healthy right if he's healthy he's on this team yeah i mean he's been the most productive player offensively of anybody in this preseason so far and he offers something different than the other running backs that you have in p ryan and williams so yeah it makes a lot of sense he showed he can catch out of the backfield find the hole he was able to run in between the tackles and able to score on the goal line like every every question you have about a young running back can they do this in this kind of situation he did it you know the the only negative mark you could have against him would be the uh, the fumble on the kickoff mm-hmm. you know and, and i guess the one situation we didn't really get to see a whole lot of is the pass protection i, I should put that in there but at this point, you feel really good about what you have in P. Ryan and Williams when it comes to pass protection. Like both those guys, outstanding in that mm-hmm. area. So I'm not too worried. You can put one of those guys in there if you really need that kind of situation to play out. Um, so, I, yeah, I think he's secured himself as third running back. All the other guys just have not done anything that makes you question that decision. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to follow, but yeah, he's been awesome. He's not worthy of the six players entering the biggest game in their careers because he's already solidified himself. Uh, I guess my next question is, has he played so well that because of his stature and whatnot and the position he plays and the volatility, uh, do you not even play him in this third preseason game? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm just, I'm not playing Javante Williams. I might not play Samaji P. Ryan. Is this going to be like yeah. a Tony Jones, uh, 40 carries kind of game? Yeah, I I wouldn't mind keeping him out. Like, if, if you are secure in your 53-man roster spot, I know you're still going to have to play a few of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and some of them I don't mind, like Brandon Johnson. I think he's going to make the 53-man roster, even though he's been hurt for the last couple of weeks. It'd be just good to get him out there, get hit again, get a little bit of reps, get some some rhythm going. I don't mind putting him out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those kind of guys, even Marvin Mims. I don't mind putting him out there, getting him a few more reps, get him a couple early catches, and then get him out of there. Just, yeah. again, rookie, need to get him as many opportunities before the, the real season kicks in as, as you possibly can. Um, yeah. Really, the rookies, I, I don't mind. And I guess McLaughlin is a rookie, 
but like I said, his stature and just because after him, I think there is a decent drop off to the next running backs. You know, I mean, it goes Williams up here, P Ryan here, McLaughlin here. And then it really, I think kind of bottoms out there with, with Beatty and Jones and some of those kind of guys. So yeah, I, I don't mind if they would keep him out. I, I would guess they'd probably still give him five carries though. Yeah. Get him some pass protection reps, some stuff between the tackles. Uh, we know you're elusive, maybe some routes where they flex him out uh, as well, but uh, just was curious how much look you'd get. Jason wanted to say hello to Jason O'Neill. Always good to see you, Jason. Hope you're doing well. Isaiah, Isaiah Stacks and good evening, Jaleel McLaughlin. I mean, Broncos country. See, everybody's got Jaleel McLaughlin on their mind. <laughs> Dominique Martin. Hey, Nick and Carl. Much love to the whole MHH staff. Mile high salute to everybody here. Thank you so much. Hope you're doing well. And uh, appreciate the heck idea coming in and just saying hello. Um, Colby C. Collier saying 200 bucks for nosebleeds. I can't make it. Yeah, hopefully the uh, tickets go down a bit uh, closer to the uh, the game, but we'll see um gotta follow it i haven't gotten the tickets yet but watching it yeah jack's not too far from me um he's from genesee illinois and uh rock island born and raised in rock island illinois well i went to augustana college which is in rock island illinois so uh we were pretty damn close to each other i was out there in davenport so uh, not too far man there's a lot of broncos fans out there way more bears and packers but uh good good bit of broncos fans too brandon says hey okay uh but uh prices come down closer to game time yep that's what i'm hoping for as well Todd Ostendorf, what's up, Nick? Carl, Dylan, Scott, and Broncos country. We're hanging out. We're having fun. Going to talk a little bit about the Rams here. So before we get into our six players entering the biggest game of the career of uh, their careers, uh, talking about, I want to talk a little bit about the joint practice with the Rams. Uh, do you have any thoughts or overview on the matchup coming up? I, I guess the big thing I'm really curious about is, do you think there's going to be any bad blood uh, carried over from last season? I mean, the Broncos were absolutely freaking embarrassed Christmas. I mean, the, the Patrick starfish thing, I'll never forget that in my life roasting Russell Wilson on that pick six. It was like out of a, like a black black mirror episode. I mean, just how weird that was. Yeah. Uh, do you think there's going to be some bad blood uh, between that carryover from last season? Cause I mean, you remember last year, Randy Gregory threw a punch at the end of that game, like a scrum. And it was just it seemed pretty damn ugly. And now the Rams are coming to town. I think more on the Broncos side than the Rams side. Yeah. You know, like Rams are going to be like, we won. Like we creamed you. Like it's no big deal where the Broncos, like I said, I think they're going to be exercising some, some demons there and trying to feel better about where they're at compared to where they were last season. And, and I think, you know, Sean Payton, again, he's been trying to set a precedent with this team of this is our standard. This is where we're at. Like we, we're not going to back down for a week. We're not going to, you know, we've got this last week of practice before all these cuts happen. Um, you know, sometimes you start seeing some of the veterans maybe relax a little bit because they're already secured. I think he's going to be sitting there saying that's not who we're going to be. And so I'm pretty sure he's going to have his guys ready to go pretty hard. You might see it more with the Rams where they're just trying to work on some technical stuff because everybody in their organization has been around for a while. Not everybody, but most, a lot of their players have been. Their depth chart is like half rookies. Yeah, remember that's, like well, the, that's true. Like the biggest draft class of all time. And good to see you, Albert. Good evening. He says, uh, thank you so much, Albert. But uh, you mean like just some of the, a lot of the infrastructure in place. Yeah. Their roster is like a bunch of question marks. <laughs> looking yeah. at it. So, and, and yeah, and that's part of it too. They're going to be trying to figure out some things with their 53 man roster. So um, I, I think both teams will have a little bit different idea of what they're wanting to accomplish this week. And for the Broncos, I think it's going to be, we want to win this week where maybe the Rams, it's not quite in that kind of, I mean, they're still wanting to win the week. I'm not trying to say anything against that. It just, they might be working on some more one-on-one issues. Um, Cause like, like you said earlier, sometimes you can win the week and think, Hey, our team's better than the Cowboys. Like we thought last, last year. And then it wasn't that case when it got to the regular season, you know, I'm, I'm guessing they came into those joint practices with a little bit different idea of what they wanted to accomplish compared to the Broncos. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, The big news coming out for the Broncos joint practices or the preamble to the joint practices, uh, some big names in Dove Valley today. Uh, You had Drew Brees working the sidelines, you know, a little bit of celebrity coach uh, out there working with the quarterbacks with Sean Payton as well. Uh, So interesting to see he's there and connected to the team uh, or connected to the coaching staff, at least. I don't think Drew Brees is going to be a head coach at some point in his career, but having him in here can, I think, only be beneficial and you know somebody else that can come in and you know spread some words of wisdom and uh 
experience uh, to Russell Wilson running the system and like what Sean Payton wants to do. So I think that's a good thing. And the one that I think is even probably more interesting is Jared Allen. Once again, uh, out here in the Valley uh, was one of the best defensive linemen uh, of his generation of uh, players out there of Kansas city and Minnesota. And he's out here still coaching guys. I don't think he's going to be an official coach for the Broncos. Like on the, you know, anything other than a specialist, but maybe working his way up. And uh, it was a heck of a player, big personality. Uh, always enjoyed, you know, wearing those like jean cutoff shorts. I mean, he was just a big goofy guy uh, with the mullets and whatnot. So him out here working with the players, I think is a, a very good thing for those edge rushers. So two big celebrity coaches in, uh, in town today for the Broncos. And I think Drew Brees has a brother that lives in Denver. Hmm. So okay. I think you could actually see him around a little bit more. Sean Payton, he's got connections to Russell Wilson as well. They've been good friends for a while. So, yeah, I, I think you could see him around quite a few practices, just like you've seen Peyton Manning around a lot of practices because he loves Denver. And um, and then, yeah, Jared Allen, it does. It sounds like he really wants to get into coaching. There's a mm-hmm. video, actually, he was working with the coaches on some of the things that he would want to teach some of the younger guys. And so he was actually t- – like the players were out stretching, and he's working with the coaches on moves. And I, I just it's kind of neat to see, you know – Maybe they're coming with a little bit different perspective of, hey, this is what I see when I, when an offensive lineman does this to me, you know, all those kind of things. So I, I really hope he gets onto the staff at some point yeah. because I think he could really bring a lot of wisdom. And I think a lot of players would really want to listen to him. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I mean, both seem like great. Uh, if you can get those guys in here and they definitely have had major success uh, throughout the league. Uh, in their careers, I mean, Drew Brees will be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I think Jared Allen would be a Hall of Famer. Uh, he might be borderline, but he was freaking dominant for a number of years. Yeah. Uh, so I would assume he does end up in the Hall of Fame as well. Uh, having those guys here is can only be be a good thing, in my opinion. Uh, maybe it doesn't matter that much. You know, I remember there was Demarcus Ware was a coach for a year, or a players coach, or a specialist. Something didn't make that much of a difference for the team overall, at least the wins and loss record wise, but uh, overall uh, good to have those guys in here. And Jared Allen is 12th all time in sacks. You'd think that would get you in, Uh, but uh, who knows? Uh, He did not have the huge college pedigree. I think he's Idaho state guy, uh, the Vandals. So uh, who knows uh, how that plays out, but uh, keeping it forward, uh, other big news on Broncos camp today, guys back from injury guys taking the field and excited to hear about this uh, specifically three names. Two of them are big. The third one, we should be excited about still. So Mike McGlinchey, uh dealing with an injury, uh, knee sprain, if I recall. Uh, off the top of my head, I cannot, I don't remember yeah. exactly, but knee sprain. Uh, he's supposed to be maybe be back week one, uh, and then turns out he's back practicing today. I'm not sure if we're going to see him in the Rams joint practices, uh, but the fact that he's out there practicing today makes me feel very confident uh, that he will be ready week one against the Raiders and the Broncos are going to need both their tackles because Tyrell Crosby, Tyrell, Tyrell, Tyree Wilson, excuse me, Tyrell Crosby is an offensive guard uh, that went to the Lions, but uh, Tyree Wilson, uh, the seventh overall pick in the last draft class and Max Crosby are going to be two talented players that the Broncos are going to need to hold off. And you probably want both your starting tackles in order to do that. Yeah, I'm with you. We've got what, three, three weeks before the regular season kicks off for the Broncos. And so the fact, like you said, he's already back at practice. We don't know if it was full practice for him, if it was part-time, that kind of stuff. But just the fact that he's already back, it, it does sound like he'll be ready week one. And, and that's that's great news. Um, yep. You know, when uh, there was some video of Quinn Miners from this last game 
just bullying people in the run game. Now, yes, pass blocking, we've got a lot of concern there. I've already seen some people talking about the trenches and it being a, a major concern. Yeah, we, we should be very concerned. That could be what destroys, you know, from Patrick. Yep, there we go. Uh, good to see you there, Patrick. And But run blocking, so far a lot of these guys have done really well in that kind of category, especially this last game. I think they averaged like 6.6 .6 yards per carry. Mm -hmm. and, and I had somebody tell me, they're like, that's not very good. And I'm like, what, 6.6 .6 yards per carry in the NFL? Do you understand like that would be number one every single season, I think, pretty much? I don't think there's ever been a team that averaged 6.6 .6 yards per carry for an entire season. Now, obviously, this was just one game and had different backups and things like that. But but the starting unit, they were getting movement. They were pushing people. It, it was just really nice to see because the last few years, that offensive line has gotten like zero movement. Yeah. It's just there's been a lot of negative or zero plays just because the offensive line couldn't couldn't get anybody going down the field the right direction. So, um, And then you had a McGlinchey next to him. Like that right side, I think it's just going to be really fun to see Williams and P Ryan and McLaughlin get a chance to really run behind them. Yeah, it's I'm excited to see what the run game can do. I know that the practice doesn't always simulate the reps for the run game as well, but in a joint practice, I think we are going to get a scrimmage like atmosphere here. So yeah. hopefully we can get an idea of how this Broncos offensive line, can they keep it up? I mean, let's be real. The Rams defensive front seven, especially uh, without Aaron Donald is light years away from what that 49ers won. And I thought the Broncos, Punched pretty damn well against that 49ers front seven. Uh, they looked a little bit better once Fred Warner was out, but uh, that shouldn't surprise anybody because Fred <laughs> Warner is probably the best linebacker in football. All right. Well, we got Brandon Williams coming in saying, who do you all think makes the last two or three spots at wide receiver? Do you think we keep five or six wide receivers this year? So th this is going to be among the, the questions that, that Nick and I take on uh, whenever he gets back here. But, uh, you know, I was looking at right now, you know, your top three for sure are going to be there. You got Sutton, you got Judy, you got Mims. Uh, number four, I think, is going to be Brandon Johnson. I know he's not been practicing, but from all accounts, he was that number three wide receiver when Tim Patrick went down. So I think he's going to be your number four. And so then that, that number five spot, that's going to be quite an interesting one. You got Washington, who doesn't really bring a whole lot to your offense, but special teams could maybe be something for you. Um, but even there, Mims has been listed ahead of him, so I'm not sure if he makes it. Then you got Callaway and little Jordan Humphrey, both guys from New Orleans that I'm sure just having that familiarity with Peyton plays a big part for them. And then Kendall Hinton is the other guy. You know, he, he's been the, the the guy that just somehow sticks around, like finds a way to, to make a roster, you know, just because he kind of does a little bit of everything. So right now I, I kind of lean that they're only going to keep five wide receivers. You know, just because they got a couple other positions that I think could be leaning, could be needing an extra spot. And we got Albert coming in saying, I think five receivers and Greg Dulcich. And that's, yeah, the other thing, you can put him in the slot and just have a big slot tight end coming on the field. And, and we saw in this last game, what kind of formations were the Broncos using a lot more of? They weren't going three wide a whole lot. They were going, you know, fullback coming on the field, two tight ends. You know, th those kind of formations. Um, and so I feel like they're wanting to go to a lot more of their big packages on a more regular basis. And so it's not a necessity to keep a lot of these receivers. And I think there's guys like Washington that you get onto the practice squad. Um, so to me right now, I guess I would lean towards Callaway being that, that fifth wide receiver that sticks with the Broncos. You know, again, he's got the familiarity, familiarity with Peyton. I, I think that'll pay dividends for him staying on the field. And then, like I said, it opens up another spot. If you're not keeping six wide receivers and Mims can have that dual role of being both a wide receiver and a specialist for you, it really opens things up, allowing you to maybe keep an extra offensive lineman. You know, that there's some of these really young offensive linemen that I'm not sure you don't want to take the chance that they're going to get out there. Um, you know, especially one for me. Uh, let's see. We got Phil McLaughlin coming in at the wide receiver position saying, did you guys hear anything about signing Sammy Watkins? I have not. I have not heard anything about him with the Broncos. I'm not. Was he even on an NFL roster last year? I don't think he was. So, um, I mean, 
that's <laughs> one of those big names again that just never quite lived up to the hype of, of what he could bring to the NFL. You know, I always thought he was going to be a great player. Um, so I, I'm not 100% sure on that. I, I guess I haven't been on Twitter since we got on the show. But we got William coming in saying, I'm worried about our run D against the Raiders. Jacobs always carves us up. Yeah, I would say, you know, especially that, that first preseason game, seeing the defensive line get pushed back so easily. Um, you know, there's a lot of their second and third string guys, but still, like, you're going to have some of those guys coming in for the rotation. And to see them getting pushed back, that's going to be an issue. You know, the, the Raiders have shown – Jacobs is a central core part of this offense and what they want to be able to do. I, I don't know if he'll be back week one. You know, he still hasn't signed his, his franchise tag yet. Um, you know, it might be one of those where he tries to hold out into the season just to get a little bit more onto his contract where they, they start sweating it. Um, you know, the other nice thing is he hasn't been in the, in the, the facility for them. It's going to take a little bit to get his football legs back underneath him. I'm, I'm sure he's been working out. I'm not worried about him being in shape. But again, just sometimes when you've been out of the facility, not practicing with everybody, it just takes a little bit to get back into it. Uh, so, yeah, it's still going to be a concern. But I, I don't think it's it, – it could be a lot worse for sure. And I, for the Broncos, that defensive line, you're right. They have to work on being better against the run than what they've been. I think – one thing that can help is Vance Joseph. I think with some of his packages, he does a little bit better of committing to stopping the run compared to like Vic Fangio, um, even Evero last year. Some of their system is kind of we'll give a little bit in the run game so we can take a lot more away in the pass game. And I think where Vance Joseph's like, nope, we're going to stop the run. This is where we're going to, once we stop the run, then we're going to work on stopping the pass. So, uh, a little bit different philosophy between those guys. Welcome back, Nick, right? Uh, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> I don't know what happened to my computer. It just all of a sudden froze out and then I couldn't upload StreamYard and I tried to restart it. And then it said, oh, you want to do these updates now. So we're back. Um, but uh, we should probably get into the exact topic. Thank you for holding down the fort. I have not had a technical issue in like six months. So hopefully that's not a sign of things to come here. Once the Broncos are back, Nick's computer takes a dive. Uh, but uh, hopefully um, we'll keep it up. Uh, six players entering the biggest games of their career. Carl, I'm, this was kind of your topic here, so I'm going to give you the floor first, even though we kind of have discussed a few players here that both of them seemed rather obvious for the Broncos. Well, I, I want to start at one position because I think there's like five guys, four guys fighting for like one or two spots. And I already kind of talked about a little bit where you were cut out there. Hmm. So now you get to come in and, and have no clue what I said. Uh, but it's wide receiver. Mm -hmm. So I think you've got the top four guys locked in of Sutton, Judy, Mims, and Johnson. I think those four are locked in. One, the question is, how many receivers do they keep? And then which ones do they keep? I think they'll keep five right now. And if I had to assume that fifth one would be Kendall Hinton, uh, even though he had a very poor game in that last one. I've said it a hundred times on here. If you are a back of the roster kind of guy, you damn well freaking better be a special teams guy. And Kendall Hinton can contribute in special teams. Marquez Callaway, no special teams. Uh, little Jordan Humphrey, no special teams. Uh, so if you're the fifth, sixth wide receiver and you are in a game day inactive as a wide receiver, hell no, that's not happening. So Kendall Hinton did not have a good game last week. I was, you know, pulling my hair out with the, uh, the holds, on the outside, just driving me nuts on that. Like you can't have it. Uh, but if, if you're talking about wide receiver five, that's a special team spot. And I think that probably out of the ones listed on the depth chart here, it's probably Hinton. I mean, little Jordan Humphrey, Michael Bandy, Nick Williams. Uh, no, I don't see it with them. I think it's, it's going to be a special teams thing, even though Hinton looked bad on offense. This is about special teams. Okay. I, I went with Callaway. Just okay. because of the familiarity familiarity with Peyton and offering at least a little bit to the offense just because you've had Judy go down with injuries. Sutton's had his issues with injuries. Um, you know, Brandon Johnson now up two seasons in a row where he has ankle issues. And so mm -hmm. I feel like that fifth wide receiver, they're going to want, they're going to plan on him having to contribute on offense a little bit. 
And so that, that's why I kind of lean his way. And I feel like there's maybe some other spots because you're only keeping five wide receivers, or maybe you can add an extra safety later on. You know, we're, we're maybe going to talk about that position, just a little hint of the, the future here of what we're going to talk about, but um, that maybe then that could be your gunner that can help out on special teams compared to Kendall, Kendall Hinton. Three guys are fighting for, I guess, maybe one or two spots. I, I can't really guarantee exactly where they're at on this, but it, it's that, that center position. You know, the Broncos have been moving some players around. Cushenberry, he's locked in. I mean, he's going to be your starter, whether you like it or not, for this upcoming season. They, they really haven't given any other player a chance to work with the, the number one offensive line. Um, they just pretty much gave it to him. But obviously you got draft pick Alex Forsyth. I I think they're going to try to sneak him onto the practice squad. Unless he has just one of those outstanding games this next week that just make it where it's impossible to to get him onto that. But um, So then it becomes between Kyle Fuller and Luke Wattenberg. You know, I think Luke Wattenberg, they've been moving him around a little bit, trying to see if he has some versatility. He struggled playing guard this last week. It, it was not not pretty, in my opinion. Um, you know, center, I think he's been okay. And then Kyle Fuller, again, he, he's kind of that guy. He's had a little bit of experience working with Russell Wilson. Um, and, and so I, I'd lean towards Kyle Fuller being the guy that gets that spot. So I'm talking about the center position. Yeah, I can and, hear. Okay. All right. And so that backup spot. Um, who, who, who would you have for that spot? That's one of my, I think there's like three guys competing for maybe one spot. Have we seen Wattenberg play much center so far in preseason? I feel like I've seen a lot of left guard, but not so much center. Uh, he's the one who sticks out for me in that spot just cause I have not been impressed with Kyle Fuller, uh, very much. Yeah. I don't think Will Sherman's going to get any, uh, center work as well. So Wattenberg is one who stands out. Haven't been super impressed with, uh, Forsyth either uh but that backup center one is definitely stands out for me i'm just curious how much uh wattenberg has actually played that center spot uh, but he has mostly stood out i don't want to say positive but not badly <laughs> for me in the reps that i've watched other than that uh putting him put him on his butt uh field goal block that we saw <laughs> yeah unfortunately that was a really bad one um yeah. yeah he played a little center i think week one preseason i think a little bit like a few maybe a few different series if I remember right, I, I need to go back and make sure on that. But um, yeah, it just, it's going to be interesting what they can do with that interior. You got Bailey who's locked in, like he's going to make the roster. He's looked actually pretty darn good. Um, mm -hmm. When they moved him out there to right tackle in this last game, I thought that was some of the best I've seen him play. I was actually very impressed at him moving to right. tackle. I didn't think he could handle that, but, but he did well with it. So um, he's locked in for that interior backup spot kind of versatility player for you. Uh, you got Fleming who's locked in. And then are, are you keeping another tackle? I think you could keep another tackle. And if it is anybody, it's probably Alec, uh, Alex Palsuski, uh as the name that would stand out for me. The undrafted guy from Illinois who's uh, came out as the second string right tackle there. I thought he had a really good first preseason game as well. Uh, so he'd probably be the one uh, that I would be keeping here. I've not been impressed enough with uh, Isaiah Prince uh, overall, even though he had that first start at right tackle. I think Cam Fleming uh, bumps him. We saw Cam Fleming get the start at right tackle, and it looked better out there, in my opinion, than uh, Prince. So I think Alex, uh, the undrafted free agent from Illinois, uh, stands out as somebody who could possibly make the team as well. Yeah, now th that's the one I was kind of leaning into. I think he's he's shown enough. That one, you don't want to put them out there into the waiver wire because everybody's looking for offensive line. Mm -hmm. And if you think maybe there's a young player that could turn into something, you want to try to keep him around if you possibly can. You know, I think he probably would still clear, but I wouldn't take that chance. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I think he's shown enough that he has at least a little bit of potential to be a nice, nice player on this roster. He's cheap. Maybe he can earn a starting spot down the road because you're going to be looking for offensive tackle. <laughs> very, very soon for this, this team, you know, Cam Fleming's going to be done. Garrett Bowles probably gone after this season, unless he has just an outstanding year, which we're not seeing that so far. And so that kind of leaves you with McGlinchey and nothing else. Mm -hmm. So like I said, I, I wouldn't want to leave, leave that young player with potential out there for anybody else. Yeah. Uh, one other guys, uh, two guys here for that could be some of the six players entering this game, the game of their life. 
that last tight end spot. Uh, my first question to you is you're talking to ask me earlier. I'm going to turn it on you. How many tight ends is this team keeping? Well, so I, I talked about this a little bit when you were gone. Uh, the Broncos went to a lot of big packages in this last mm -hmm. game, you know, fullback, two tight end looks. And, and so I feel like they're going to want to keep four tight ends for that, that purpose. Okay. You know, I, I really do. I, I think they're going to try to load up. They're going to have at least a couple decent blockers. You know, Troutman, Troutman has been a pretty good blocker. Um, you got Manhurts. Back Robinson. today. Yeah, he's back today. That's another one I think could be an underrated player coming back from injury. Um, then you got um, got Dulcich as well. I'm trying to figure out who's that, that final final guy. No, I think one guy Nate that actually Atkins. was, yeah, Atkins, he, he got probably the most run as that fourth tight end. I will say Albert Okuebenam, that might have been one of his best games this last week as a blocker. Hmm. He had a couple pancake blocks, did well in some combo blocks. I'm not saying he's going to make the roster by any means. I'm just saying he didn't hurt himself this last week. By, yeah, and I still think he won't make it, but uh, I think he could be fighting with Atkins for that final spot. I think it is in a battle, and you're going to see a lot of both of those guys. And what happens with joint practice? What's happened so far, obviously, and uh, the this last game, uh, that final tight end spot is going to be big. Could be Okuwebenam, could be Atkins. Atkins gets the benefit of being way more years of control left. I think it'd be four years contra contractual control. Uh, a little bit more versatile as well. But Okwebenam is a great athlete. I mean, he's still pretty young. I think he's only 25 years old, something. I remember he was drafted and still pretty young as well. Yeah. It came to Missouri uh, pretty young. So uh, that's that's a curious spot. I think you asked me earlier about how many wide receivers. I said five, mainly because I was thinking how much heavy personnel, 12, uh, 21, 22 personnel we see from Peyton teams. Uh, we see a lot of more likely to keep more tight ends on the roster. Uh, so we have, I feel pretty good about the top three, obviously making the roster. Yeah. Uh, but after that, I think they'll probably keep a fourth Atkins. Okay. But I'm, I don't know yet, uh, but this is a big game. Probably the biggest game for uh, Atkins so far. Okay. But actually played in the NFL game. So I don't know if I could say it's his biggest game of his career, uh, but uh, definitely a big one to see what happens with him going forward. Jasmine comes in nine 99 says great pod guys. Thank you so much. Uh, do you think it's going to take time for offensive line to gel for a few weeks into the season? Nervous for McGlinchey. He hasn't played yet. God knows we need them firing on all cylinders. I'm going to be nervous about the offensive line until they prove that they are not worthy of being nervous about. <laughs> so I am, I'm nervous about them. That said, I think that the, the run game is going to translate well, and they're going to lean on that. I think early and often to protect Wilson, protect themselves in pass rush situations. They just need to stay ahead of the head of the chains, right? Too often last year, the Broncos were third and eight, third and nine, run stuff, false start, incompletion uh, on a very easy pass. You can't have that because on third and eight, I mean, you're you're going to have a hard time converting it. So if they can stay ahead of the sticks, third and two, third and three, stay on pace, it'll make it so much easier for the offensive line and everything. Uh, so hopefully they can do that, and then everything will kind of just feed into itself. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to be nervous until I'm not. Yeah. So I don't think the issue is going to be whether they can gel together just because it's, it's a very power blocking scheme where they're really wanting to get downhill. You go hit the guy in front of you, you know, combo blocks, hit this guy, block him, you know, peel off to that second level, that kind of stuff. That is not so much about all five have to work perfectly together to open up some good run lanes. Um, and, and really the issues have been not so much, Hey, let's communicate on this, uh, this switch or anything like that. They've actually done pretty good on those. It's just been losing one-on-one -on -one battles. That's been more the issue. Ben Powers has had a few really bad one-on-one -on -one battles. Um, Garrett Bowles has had a couple really bad one-on-one -on -one battles. So yeah. it's been more that than the gelling side of things. Uh, so I think they're going to be okay. Offensive line actually is one of the few positions that usually you get very early returns when you bring them in from free agency. It doesn't take a lot of time for them to get working within the system. Um, and so I, I think... I think they'll be okay. Like you said, they're going to be wanting to do run heavy, make it a little bit easier on everybody that's that's involved. Um, so, I, I mean, if I was a betting man, I'd be taking a lot more of the underscores for the Broncos and whoever their opponent is. But I don't know. It, it's still, like I said, I'm, I'm nervous about the unit. 
-hmm. just not so much as nervous about the gelling side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, without a doubt, uh, it'll be, I, th I do think there's still some gelling with the understanding where pressure is coming from in different uh, blitz looks from opposing teams, the, like that kind of thing. I thought there was a few where Cushion Barry was a little bit slow to identify where a guy was coming from, things like that. Uh, he's had a good preseason, some of the best football I've seen from him in a Broncos uniform, uh, but still a few things like that where I'll, I'll be nervous about it until uh, it's better. And Bulls as well, you know, identifying that Hafunga one, he reacted to the blitz late uh, because he didn't, he was, didn't really see the communication there, I guess, or understand where it was coming from. Uh, Overcommitted to the outside, and then Hafanga beat him across his face. So, yeah, I'll be nervous until I'm not. Uh, keeping it forward, guys, with big games coming for some of the biggest of their career. Uh, battling for that backup, maybe fifth edge spot. Uh, that one sticks out for me. And is it the biggest game of Christopher Allen's career? Probably not a third preseason game. Maybe for his life, for his livelihood. Yeah, but he yeah. played at Alabama. He played in some big football games. Thomas Hincoon, though, coming from Central Michigan. Probably, I mean, no disrespect. We all love some action, some Tuesday night, you know, college football out there. Uh, but uh, Thomas Incoon, probably biggest game of his career. I'm curious to see if the Broncos will keep five edge rushers. Uh, we do have Baron Browning probably coming back some point in the season. I feel pretty good about the top four. But will they keep a fifth one? Can one of these guys stand out enough for the Broncos to have to keep one uh, out there? And again, fifth guy on the roster for an edge spot. Maybe it'll come down to something like, uh, you know, special teams. So maybe Aaron Patrick then uh, stands out who they've raved about in the past about special teams contribution uh, contributions from him. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I probably lean towards them only keeping four mm -hmm. just because again, there's that huge drop off after the top four guys. Yeah. And the other guys have really just done nothing. They've, they've had a couple decent plays. I mean, Incum has had a couple nice pass rush moves, got into the backfield Chris Rallen had that big sack this last week with a really nice move. Um, but just the consistency, you haven't seen it from, from those guys taking that next step, making the play. You know, Sean Payton talks about that a lot. We need someone that's just going to step up in that big moment and make a play. Mm -hmm. Guys haven't done that on that second, third string so far. And, yeah. you know, talking about some of that, uh, a guy that I felt like made a big jump from week one to, to week two, talking about the safety position. JL Skinner. Yeah. He had a couple of really nice hits this last week, although he had one where he tried to lay the big hit, didn't make the tackle. You know, so he's got to learn when to, when to dial that up, when to make sure let's make a sound tackle here. So they're not getting extra yards, but you know, th this was a guy that a lot of people were very excited about coming into the season. Uh, you know, six foot four safety loves to hit people. Everybody just raving, okay, you know, this guy should have been third or fourth round pick if he didn't get hurt. All of a sudden, he's falling back to, what was it, the sixth round? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I just worry a little bit. He's done too little too late. You know, yeah. when you're looking, I, I guess the question is, how many safeties do you think this team's keeping? Is P.J. Locke going to be okay? To play? I, that's my first question. Is PJ Locke healthy? Is he going to make the team? Uh, is he somebody that they keep and then wave later, put on the short-term IR? Uh, he was working out as that fourth safety, I think, without a question. Uh, but yeah. then the injury happened, and now I'm not sure what happens with that. I think that from what I can see, I think DeLaren Turner-Yell has played better than JL Skinner. He's been more impactful. Now there have been some frustrating uh, technique wrap up tackle kind of things from him, but splash yeah. pays special teams as well. Uh, I think Delaren Turner, y'all looks a tier better uh, than jail Skinner. And that would mean jail Skinner would be on the outside looking in for me almost no matter what, because that would be turning all to either be your fourth or fifth. That makes Skinner six. You're not keeping six safeties. Also, yeah. heck they were even playing a saying Bassey as a safety in that last game. There were some deep looks from a saying Bassey too. And he might be ahead of jail Skinner uh, in that safety room as well. Cause he has the ability to come down. Oh, well, more of a nickel, but maybe has the ability to go back. And that versatility is key uh, for anybody in the back end of the defense. Yeah. And, and like I said, I just, he'd be one of those players you'd have to really weigh how much are we banking on his potential? Yeah. You know, he's part of this draft class from Sean Payton. So that gives him a little bit leg up because of that. You know, this is a guy that our coaching staff picked, but he missed a lot of the off season because of the injury. He's been behind a lot of these guys, not getting as many reps uh, during training camp. And like, I said, and, and I think a lot of what he brings doesn't always show up in like the training camp practices. You know, you can't take guys to the ground. You can't go lay those really big hits. 
that separate guy from football. You don't want guys getting hurt. And so I think some of those things can't show up until he gets into a game. And so it was great that he showed some of that this last week. But like I said, I think it's a little too little too late. And I think they probably expect they could get him through waivers and be fine. Yeah. I just jail Skinner. I've not seen enough from him. Uh, I know he's six round pick. Some people had him, you know, top 100, but just has looked, you know, clunky in transitions. And I just haven't been overly impressed with him. If they waived him and somebody else picked him up, I wouldn't lose a lot of sleep over it. I'd hope he'd make it back to the practice squad, but just hasn't been somebody who flash enough where it would, it would sting uh, to lose him in my opinion, from what I've watched so far. Uh, final one I wanted to get into here uh, for me is Montreal Washington. We already talked about wide receivers, but really it's more of the kick return stuff here. Uh, they kind of already have some gadgety guys out there, but maybe Mims is going to be more of a true wide receiver. He played more boundary than slot in this last game. Uh, so maybe Montreal Washington has a chance. This is probably the biggest game of his career. I wonder how many chances they're going to give him to be the punt returner uh, out there, uh, considering Mims didn't really get a chance to do it very much last week because the 49ers punting game was erratic. I will go with that. Uh, but uh, which is crazy. Last year, that punter was like God mode, I think, in that game uh, versus the Broncos. That week three punt punt off uh, that we saw was at 11, 10, 10 to 9 or whatever it was. Uh, but uh, kick kickoff return, slash, excuse me, punt return slash wide receiver. Montreal Washington needs to have a big game uh, out there if he's going to make this team. And maybe he's somebody that uh, squeaks in because of that special team's ability. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I still think just because last year it was not great. Mm hmm. And so far on their depth chart, they put Mims ahead of him. And this last game, when Mims had a chance, like I said, they they put him back out there instead of Washington. I think Washington got like one return, if I remember right in this past one. It was on, on a kickoff or something like that. So I really think that they want Mims to be that returner. I think they feel a little bit more comfortable with him. He's got more solid hands. Um, and I think he's got just as much explosiveness as what Montreal Washington has. Like I said, it's because of the injuries to wide receiver. Maybe you feel a little bit more leery about putting out your number three wide receiver out there like that. But mm -hmm. I, I still think that they probably Montreal Washington is on the outside looking in. Now, if he has a great game, maybe they just say we're willing to keep that. Maybe he maybe he's grown from what he was last season. Uh, my, my last spot I'm going to look at is that defensive line. There's a couple guys that have made some really nice splash plays, but but is it enough to have gotten them onto the roster? You know, a guy like Elijah Garcia. I mean, probably nobody's made more splash plays than that guy so far for the Broncos, other than uh, McLaughlin. He's got two sacks in the first game, got that interception in this last one, but it, has that been enough in your mind to be on this roster right now? Or is he on the outside looking in? <sighs> I think it's enough uh, for him to be on the roster right now, in my opinion, but I want to see what it looks like in this next preseason game as well. I mean, defensive line is one where also it's enough for him to be on the roster. Defensive line is one where the Broncos just brought in somebody uh, to work out. They're obviously not super in love. And I think there's probably going to be some guys cut or on waivers that Broncos have a pretty high waiver priority. Uh, that's a spot that I, I could see another body uh, come in here uh, this season. Are, are they? Yeah, they are fifth. God, the Broncos mm -hmm. were so bad last year. Uh, <laughs> God damn. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that could make the roster, but I think that's one they're actively probably going to go through the other teams, go through preseason tape and those NFL scouts, not the college ones, but the NFL scouts are going to have to make their, uh, make their money. Cause that's the spot. I think you might bring in somebody. Yeah, no, I I'm with you there. I, I think kind of like kicker. I'm not sure that we have our kicker on our roster defensive line. I'm not sure we have our number four guy on the roster right now. I think you're, you're pretty locked in. Zach Allen, DJ Jones, Jonathan Harris, those guys are locked in. Matt, Matt Henningsen, probably locked in. Past those four, I, I can't think of who would be next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It'll be, I mean, like Lancaster, maybe, just because the nose tackle ability. Yeah. Not sure what the heck's going to happen with uh, Mike Purcell out there. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I think the Broncos probably going to be looking for another defensive line. In fact, they brought in somebody today for a workout uh, speaks to that as well for me. Uh, so Phil McLaughlin coming in saying, so if it comes down to Alberto Cueman or, or Nate Atkins, who are you keeping? Coin flip. I mean, I don't really <laughs> have a strong opinion here. Alberto Cueman has more athletic ability and God, it would be a real kick to the nuts. Uh, if he went on and was really good for another team. Uh, Cause you know, he's, I mean, he 
does have that size and that speed. It's just been the blocking, the want to, the the uh, tenacity in that. Atkins, I think, is a little versatile. He's younger, so he got more years of control. Uh, I think that from a roster building perspective, you're more likely to sneak Atkins onto your practice squad, I think, than Albert Okwebanon. Uh, so maybe that's the direction you go, and then you'd still have the years of control with Atkins on that roster. Uh, but uh, I guess if it comes down to it, I'm more interested in just the upside of Okwebanon just yet, but only one year of control. I would not uh, be upset if they went either way. Yeah, I mean, I lean Atkins just because Okwebanon has had lots and lots of opportunities with lots of different coaching staffs. And every coaching staff has arrived at that conclusion of this guy's not good enough to have on the field. Mm-hmm. Like we can't trust him to do what we need need to do. And Atkins, it's not like I expect him to be great by any means, but it's kind of one of those. I'm just, I've already moved on in my heart from Alberto. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. <laughs> I, I had high hopes for him coming out of college. Like I said, athletic freak, big, big catch radius, all those kind of things. And you just think, okay, if this guy can just figure it out just a little bit, he could be something in the league. And he just has not been able to do that. And then even this coaching staff has kind of made that determination. He's last on the depth chart for the tight end position. So I I think at this point, the Broncos have made it clear who they're leaning towards. Yeah, so it'll be really interesting uh, to see how it follows uh, this upcoming joint practices and preseason game. And then, Roster cut down. Uh, Broncos will be adding some guys. Maybe we'll even see a trade uh, before the uh, before we get to that 53-man roster. But a lot of fun today. We're at uh, 7.05 Mountain Time, so time to wrap it on up. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Make sure you're following Carl Dumbler on Twitter, at Carl Dumbler MHH, and myself, at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at uh, BTB underscore, or BTB pod, as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe, like, and share. And Carl, if you do me a favor, give a shout out to the uh, the Super Chats today because when I left and came back, I lost all the starred stuff uh, up top in that right corner for me, unless we lost it when Scott left. Uh, but uh, I know that uh, <laughs> we had... Uh, Gary, uh, Gary Leeds Palmer came in. Jasmine came in twice. Thank you so much, Jasmine. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, we also had, of course, uh, oh, we got one over here. Yeah, Troy Bauer came in. David Meckelrath. Uh, Michael Ronquillo obviously came in. Howie freaking day. Always good to see you. Phil McLaughlin, uh, Eclipse Stormborn. Thank you guys so much for coming in and supporting the show today. Carl, any final thoughts before we get on out of here? No, just enjoy everybody coming in. Thank you for all your thoughts and the, the comments and all the super chats. Thank you guys. It's just such a an honor to see you all here. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Have a great rest of your day. Uh, make sure you continue to choose kindness and compassion. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.